Welcome to Let's Talk Sales, the podcast that's all things sales and business development. This podcast series is for CEOs that are looking to build strong companies, sales VPs, and sales managers that want to take things to the next level, and for salespeople that are looking to learn, grow, and improve. This podcast is brought to you by the Criteria for Success Sales Growth Program. Are you looking to experience a breakthrough in your team's sales? Have you tried sales training in the past, but were unable to make it stick? The Criteria for Success Sales Growth Program is a year-long engagement that combines sales and leadership training, a digital sales playbook, and a coaching and accountability process that will change your sales culture and drive sustained growth. And we are all about enabling buying in a world of selling, so you can learn more at criteriaforsuccess.com. We're also happy to announce a masterclass that we have coming up. If you feel that your sales and marketing teams are operating in silos or you're frustrated that marketing isn't sourcing great leads and marketing is frustrated that sales is not communicating, this masterclass is for you. We know that team alignment and collaboration are issues that can ripple through entire organizations. So during this masterclass, you'll discover how to crack the code separating your team and build cohesive sales and marketing alignment. Want to learn more about this masterclass? Be sure to check out the show notes for this episode at criteriaforsuccess.com slash pod 113. And we have a special promo code for our podcast listeners. Use the promo code talk sales at checkout for an exclusive discount. Today's podcast is part of our CFS talk sales series, where we here at our very own team at Criteria for Success share ideas, techniques, tips, and insights for you guys, our audience. This series series is all about growth, improvement, and producing breakthrough results. This is Rebecca Toomey, And today I am talking to our operations officer and senior sales advisor, Elizabeth Frederick. Hello, everybody. Thank you for being here. I'm so glad that I could. I was saying earlier, I always love recording podcasts with you. I think we've, um, we've recorded podcasts with other team members a lot lately. And I feel like you guys always, uh, we always have a ton of fun working together. Not that everybody else isn't so fun, (laughs) but you and I, I think have been doing this since the very beginning. We recorded the promo together. That's right. Way back in the day. It's been a while. And now we are, this episode is... A couple days pre-recorded, and today happens to be Elizabeth's birthday. Thank you. So happy birthday to you. Everyone, please go to the show notes and wish her a happy birthday in those <laughs> comments. I know that would make her day. Thanks so much, Rebecca. <laughs> and now I'm interviewing Elizabeth today because you recently wrote an ebook. I did. And it is at the moment called Discovering Insights into Yourself and Others. Leveraging Behavioral Assessments for Self-Awareness and Improved Selling. Yeah, we're workshopping that title internally. So by the time you (laughs) see it, it might be a little bit differently. We'll see. I named it and I don't like the title. So, Well, you know, once we started reading it, once I read it and some of the other team members read it, we just felt like there was such a strong emphasis on the idea of self-awareness and ideas for... First of all, identifying how self-aware you are, Mm -hmm. figuring out, you know, what areas I need to work on and all that kind of stuff that when we got to the title part of it, we're like, this is, does not completely and entirely describe the depth and beautiful wonder of this ebook. So that is why (laughs) we are you know, working on the name. We, so you may see something a little bit different. It'll be an ebook about self-awareness. You'll see it. Exactly. (laughs) However, by the time that you're hearing this, (laughs) it will be all ready to go. So jump to those show notes, criteria for success.com slash pod one, one, three, isn't it? One, three, three, three. Wow. Oh, wow. That was a moment. Pod one, three, three. Thank you. Did I say one, one, three before? You did, but I didn't want to jump in. It'll be fine. <laughs> Listeners uh, who've gotten this far will know it's not episode 113. It's 133. 133. I should probably just start saying it like that. Um, <laughs> so jump over to those show notes if you want to grab a copy of this ebook. We're going to be talking about it. So you're going to kind of get a sneak peek into what is involved. And I just want to start off by saying that I really enjoyed reading this ebook. Thank you. I loved the intro. You had a really, I'm not even going to give it away because it was so good. She had <laughs> a really great analogy and kind of way of uh, approaching this idea of self-awareness. And self-awareness is such an important topic, especially for those of us that are in sales, in business development, in corporate environments where communicating 
is essential. Absolutely. Being aware of yourself is so important. So I'm glad it's an issue that we're tackling and that we're talking about here today. So let's kick it off. Can you please share a little bit more on why this topic is so important and relevant in the world of business development and growth? Definitely. So um, thanks so much for that very friendly intro. Um, the, the reason that I think self-awareness is so important is that everybody is always talking about growth and improvement, right? You're talking about self-improvement. You're talking about growth in your business. Um, leaders are invested in growing their teams and um, in experiencing personal breakthroughs themselves. And unless you've um, developed a sense of self-awareness, unless you've really worked on understanding yourself, you don't even know where you should be looking to improve. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of times we depend on, um, feedback from other people. You know, I see you as a leader. I want you to develop your leadership and we need to actually build our sense of self-awareness to understand, um, are there places where I am a leader or, or is this something that I have some natural gift for that I can develop? Or is it really something that, that, I, I don't have a strong sense of, um, in order to have an appropriate strategy for growth. And so having that foundation of self-awareness helps you direct your growth. We often have blind spots that are really hampering us from um, achieving the results that we want to see. Um, we have weaknesses that we know about. Most of us mm-hmm. do, right? You've gotten Definitely. feedback about certain weaknesses, but we probably have some weaknesses that we're in denial about. Mm-hmm. And um, those sometimes can be really getting in your way. Within a professional context, we see a lot of times that um, behind somebody's back, people are always talking about a certain aspect of their communication style, of their behavior, where they could be better, mm-hmm. right? Oh, I wish that guy just did a better job of following up. I wish she would watch her tone better. I wish um, that this person uh, would would communicate more clearly, would write better emails. And what that tells you is that person isn't self-aware. They're not aware that they're doing those things. Mm -hmm. Um, They're not aware of the impact that it's causing in their relationships with other people. And they could be more successful as professionals. If you see that on other people, guess what? (laughs) You have some weaknesses yourself that you probably Mm -hmm. don't know about. Mm -hmm. And other people are rolling their eyes at you. Um, You know, and by the way, when we do this within our teams, within our companies, it is a good idea to figure out, is there a way I could communicate that to that person to help them discover it sure. um, rather than constantly being frustrated? I'm talking a lot, but one last thing <laughs> um, is when, how this applies to leadership. Yeah, Leadership requires emotional intelligence. It requires empathy. It requires awareness of other people. And in order to develop emotional intelligence, the first step is self-awareness, is really understanding yourself and who you are. And if you have developed that as a practice, if that's something that you're consistently working on, um, you're going to be a a more authentic person. You're going to be a better communicator. You're going to be um, open about your strengths and your weaknesses. And that creates space for people around you to be more self-aware and Mm -hmm. inspires them. And so especially for those of our listeners who are in leadership roles, um, this is an incredibly important practice is improving your self-awareness. Isn't it funny how easy it is to recognize someone else's behavior, mm-hmm. especially if it's negative behavior. And we don't see that within ourselves. And sometimes it's the exact same behavior. Yep. You'll be like, yep. I hate when people do this thing. And everybody's like, um, uh, you do that you too. Do that. You're Absolutely. doing it right now. Um, so I actually had a really great meeting yesterday with Vistage. I'm a, I mentioned, I've been mentioned a couple times on this podcast, but I'm a part of an emerging leaders program in within Vistage and our speaker that we had yesterday, his name is Chalmers brothers. And he wrote a book called language and the pursuit of happiness, a foundation for designing your life, your relationships and your results. And he really focuses on how language and behavior impacts the world around us and, Mm -hmm. you know, our impact on the world around us as well. And he, first of all, he's really funny. He also has a Ted talk. So if you guys want to check him out, Chalmers brothers, um, it's quite the name. It is. Yeah. He's from Southern brothers. (laughs) He's from Southern Louisiana. And he said, you know, uh, I have an original name and that's the thing that makes it awesome. I could picture that in a Louisiana accent. I was going to say either like English or Louisiana. I see it. Okay. He is hilarious. Very, very funny. Very intelligent, very sweet. So I really enjoyed getting to know him yesterday and hearing more about his philosophies. But his TED Talk is called How Language Generates Your World and Mind. Mm-hmm. So check that out. Um, I'll, you know what? I'll throw this in the show notes for you guys. You can head on over. One 
three, three. Criteriaforsuccess.com slash pod one, three, three. Thank you. And one of the things that he said that was funny is that for, he's like, how many of you guys in here are married? And he's like, marriage is the biggest self-awareness detector there is because (laughs) even when you don't ask for advice or coaching on your own self-awareness, you will have that unsolicited advice to you. And helpful. (laughs) The example that he gave was when his wife would say, well, you're, you're in a mood. He go, what, what mood? I'm not, I'm not in a mood. (laughs) You know, we don't always see how we're presenting ourselves to the world. Sometimes we recognize it and we're like, I'm in a bad mood. I know I'm in a bad mood for all of you around me. I apologize. I'm in a bad mood. For others of us, we just live so much in our own heads and Mm -hmm. in our own mental space. We call it head trash here at CFS that sometimes we can't even see that we're doing it. Absolutely. And to have uh, relationships with people who are comfortable letting you know, who can pull you aside and in an appropriate way say, you might not notice this, Mm -hmm. but, um, it, it appears that you seem to be in a bad mood today, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, is there something going on? Is there something I can help with to foster that relationship? You know, you said, if you're married, you get that because you've developed a relationship with a person, hopefully, if you like them well, enough to marry you know, them. Sometimes it's not always appreciated. <laughs> Definitely. But, but, you know, to have that sense of trust. Um, uh, and I'd imagine you provide that feedback to your spouse at times, right? Where you know that, that it's coming from a good place. It's yeah. coming from good intentions. That's a really valuable gift to give somebody. Um, and if you don't have that, uh, you know, within a work context, your spouse doesn't generally see you at work unless you work together. Um, you know, there's that like cliche of a work spouse, Mm -hmm. not necessarily saying you need that, but you need to have good feedback oriented relationships with people around you who interact with you, who can call you on things. Absolutely. And, um, just by naming it, sometimes you get a chance to start to work on something. You know, if somebody says you're in a bad mood, first of all, that's, you know, you might be like, yes, yes, I am. What, what should I do? You can reflect why am I in a bad mood? Um, you can say, what can I do to get out of this bad mood? Maybe I just need to go take a walk around the block. Mm-hmm. I need to call somebody. Um, I need to, you know, go get a coffee. Yeah. Uh, if you're a caffeine yeah. uh, dependent person, whatever it might be, that gives you the opportunity to change the situation. But until you get that wake up call, yeah. you're just kind of bumbling along, like hurting other people around you, damaging relationships. Um, and it could all be averted if you have somebody that is kind comfortable giving you that feedback, or if you developed enough of a sense of self-awareness that you can recognize that behavior in yourself before it impacts other people. You know, I'm so glad that you mentioned this because Chalmers actually talked about this and he calls what you're mentioning, he calls it carefrontation. Yes. Love that. And other people have other names for it. Um, there is another radical candor is yes. another name for that. Uh, what's her name? Kim Scott is the mm-hmm. one who kind of coined that. She's got a podcast. She does. And a book. She has a whole matrix for this, that there are kind of grids in there and you know you have to determine where the relationship is and how you know comfortable you feel carefrontationing <laughs> someone about something like self-awareness or behavior but it's so important as you mentioned you know you could go your whole career and be grumpy mm-hmm. and keep losing jobs and find yeah. that you're you know and nobody you're, ever tells always, you and no one ever says anything to you or you could you could be the manager. If you're a manager, I encourage you to really, you know, take this to heart. This is something that will make and improve your team to talk about and to really just, you know, bring it out and become aware. Definitely. It's a, it's a big stereotype and I, it's not a hundred percent true, but we see a lot that people who've maybe come up in, um, engineering and the technical side of things and haven't always had the opportunity or desire to develop the social skills that are needed in business. And then you get promoted into a management position Mm -hmm. and you're used to kind of sitting alone and working on code. Um, (laughs) And now people are a little more complicated than code um, and don't react that same way. And we see a lot that people really struggle with that transition. Mm -hmm. You know, I I wanted to program. I didn't want to manage people, um, but now I'm managing people. And uh, to work on your self-awareness, to get a mentor or a coach, somebody who can provide you with that feedback, that's something we should include a link to in the show notes. We have an ebook about um, how to leverage uh, a business advisor, a mentor, or a coach. And if you feel like... You 
know what, I'm really struggling. And part of it might be that I'm not aware of how I'm behaving and what's working and what's not working. Um, that might be a good idea to check out that ebook. Think about um, engaging a mentor or engaging a coach to help provide you some insight um, to help you improve your um, your communication, your mm-hmm. behavior. Um, and again, that's an external source for, for feedback to improve your self-awareness. That's a great idea. And it's also important to you know, really have those good relationships with your team members too and mm-hmm. get that feedback. But a recommendation that I've been given and, and learned is that it's not always enough to just ask for open feedback. You have to be really specific about the feedback. So if you know, you're sensing that perhaps it's your mood or the way that you speak to people that is causing you some issues and problems, before you go into your next meeting to say to someone, or before you go into the, the next interaction, ask your salesperson or whoever's working underneath you, you know, I, I would really appreciate if you could just pay attention during this meeting or during this conversation at my tone and how I present or, or how I'm speaking. I'd love your feedback just to see, you know, how I'm doing or something like that. Or Alternatively, you could ask them right after the meeting, but be specific in your request. If you just ask somebody, you know, do you think I'm too abrasive? It's you're probably gonna, <laughs> they're probably going to be a little scared of you yeah. and go, oh no, no, you're fine. Or even, and I know we're kind of jumping into the next topic, but um, do you have any feedback for me? It's not a yes. very useful question. Yes, it's like uh, I, I like your haircut. <laughs> like, I mean, just what feedback are you looking for? So mm-hmm. specific, specific requests are really helpful. Okay, then let's jump into these specific areas. So in the ebook, you focus in three specific areas, improving your self-awareness, driving self-improvement, and fostering better relationships. Indeed. I'd like to get into each of these areas. So let's start with improving your self-awareness. What can our listeners do today to get started in this area? All right. So this is all about threes. So I'd like everybody to focus on three potential sources of information that can help you improve your self-awareness. And I take a deep dive into each of these in the ebook, so I'm not going to spend that much time on each one today. But first is um, the first is yourself, uh, self-awareness, self-reflection. <laughs> it kind of makes sense, right? Um, but you need to do that in a healthy way, mm-hmm. and a lot of times we don't. A lot of times we sit and we reflect. Um, A term we use at Criteria for Success a lot is head trash. That is the negative voice inside your head. And studies have shown that about 70% of our thoughts are self-critical in nature. I can't believe I just said that thing. Everybody must have noticed that I've got something stuck in my teeth um, and they weren't listening to me. Or, oh, I know that that didn't work out right. Or I'm, I'm not going to win. I'm not going to succeed. I'm, I'm not going to be happy. I'm not going to be successful. All of that, um, that we call head trash. Mm-hmm. And what happens when we're focused um, in our self-reflection on trying to figure out kind of why we did things, our motivations, we can't do it. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, humans, it, it's a really fascinating thing, um, uh, the concept of motivated reasoning. So basically what happens is we make decisions very impulsively <laughs> based on usually subconscious cues. It, it, it's color. It's order of things. You can put four things on a table and they're identical and ask people which is the best one and they'll pick the one on the right. And you ask them why, and they'll say, I I noticed it's shinier, it's bigger, it's bright. They're the exact same thing, (laughs) but they pick that one. Um, You can put things in boxes, and it's, again, the exact same language, the exact same thing inside the box, and different colored boxes, and people will pick a a color, and then once they've picked it, they can 100% convince themselves that it's valuable. Um, There's something called the endowment effect, that once you own something, you perceive that it's higher value. So there might be a coffee mug that you get, right? And if I were to say, would you pay $5 for this coffee mug? You'd say no. But then once you own the coffee mug, if I say, you know, can I have the coffee mug? You're like, no, it's my coffee mug. This is exactly why the show Tidying Up exists and why we are all hoarders. (laughs) Definitely, right? So unfortunately, um, we're just incapable of really evaluating why we do the things that we do. I know that sounds really depressing. It sounds like psychology. Um, I, I read a lot about this because I'm really fascinated by human behavior. And so because we can't accurately do that, we get caught up in a cycle of just, why did I do that? What kind of a person does that make me? What is, and and it, it's just a cycle. It's spinning. Yep. It's cycling. Yep. It's, it's buzzing. And it's not terribly actionable. It's not very helpful. Sure. So instead, we want to think about... Um, what am I doing that's working and what am I doing that's not working? What's observable? Mm-hmm. Um, so what did I say? How did I say it? Did it work? Did it not work? 
how could I have said it differently? Um, however, not getting caught in the head trash of I suck, I'm terrible, I am bad, rather using it as a learning opportunity. I Absolutely. think that's where salespeople a lot of times, if we're speaking to salespeople, have a lot have a hard time. It's Definitely. after the call, you know, they're like, oh, I was terrible. I said the wrong thing. I shouldn't have done this. And then they sit in that. Yeah. And it's like, what could I do differently next time? So instead, focus on the what can you what can I do better? Yes. And don't live in your don't live in the past because you yes. can't fix it. You can't go back. You can only go. We forward. haven't invented time travel yet. Not yet. Um, <laughs> yeah. So figuring out how to do self reflection really positively, and what I'd recommend that people focus on is making self reflection actionable. Mm-hmm. Thinking about even you can ask questions like, "When have I been happiest? What jobs have I had that I've done well? What kind of projects have I successfully completed?" How did I show up to those? Um, what was I working on that I seemed to enjoy? How was I interacting with people? Am I doing things differently now? Not why, but what? Um, and, and really focus on the facts and focus on what you can do to move forward. So that's the first one. Um, and that's so incredibly important. And then we talked on the, we touched on this before, um, but then the second source of information to improve your self-awareness is other people. Mm-hmm. We see ourselves to the level that we do. Um, some people have a natural good sense of self-awareness. Some people are, are going to struggle with this a bit more, uh, but other people see your visible behavior. Mm-hmm. They hear what you say. They hear your voice differently from how you hear your voice. If you ever listen to yourself on a recording, <laughs> you will discover that that's the case. Um, especially when we're busy, when we're um, stressed out, people perceive our behavior differently. You know, we're just trying to make it through and people are seeing you as being pushy or they're seeing you as being demanding or stubborn. And so um, making sure that you get feedback from other people, again, like we talked about, develop trusting relationships with people, um, open up to them, ask them for feedback effectively where you're asking specific feedback. Another great tip when you're asking for feedback is you don't want to sit in a big group of people and say, does anybody have feedback for me? (laughs) Instead, um, a couple of things. First of all, one-on-one, people mm-hmm. are going to be a little more comfortable, especially with that carefrontation. And second, giving people a chance to think about it. If I just like buttonhole you in the hallway and I say, hey, Rebecca, do you have some feedback for me on this thing? You're thinking of 10,000 other things. Sure. Yeah. It's not that helpful. Yep. But if instead I say, hey, Rebecca, could we um, could we pop out and get some coffee at 11 o'clock today? I wanted to talk to you about um, how I was communicating in that conversation and what I could do to improve. You have a chance to think and to process. Yep. And so really helping people help you. <laughs> sure. Yeah. And it help, but it helps everybody. Definitely. And so just making sure that you're, you're asking for feedback. Well, okay. um, and then the last one, and I am monologuing, so I will let you talk, but, um, <laughs> is behavioral assessments. And so, uh, this, you know, regardless of whether you're doing some self-reflection and figuring yourself out a bit, um, you're hearing from other people, it's still always filtered through people mm-hmm. and their perceptions. And so behavioral assessments, because they're completely objective, it's a computer. <laughs> um, it's not, it, it doesn't have that sense of filter. It doesn't mean that it's a hundred percent accurate. Um, but a behavioral assessment can contribute, can demonstrate some of those blind spots that you might not have Definitely. noticed and really adds to just that broad picture of yourself that you can get. If you spend some time in productive self-reflection, um, focus on soliciting feedback from people and then behavioral assessment, you're going to end up with a pretty solid sense of where you are right now. Definitely. And you know what I want to say about behavioral assessments is first of all, you you said that it's they're not entirely accurate, which is true. It's not going to be 100%. But I will say this. If you get your disc back and you're like, this is not me at all, then I, I bet you got some issues with self-awareness. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> because I can tell you there are a lot of negative traits that I came across on my disc assessment, and it has been nothing but helpful for me to focus on and work on those areas and to accept it and to say, you know what? I am like that. And I need to focus on how I can be better, how I can do better or how I can not put myself in situations where I'm going to allow that side of myself to come out. For example, definitely. If you have a strong emotional reaction, yeah, <laughs> that's a little bit of a hint, right? Exactly. If, if I take an assessment because we had that happen says, before, right? Um, it says this person um, maybe isn't good at you know they get kind of caught up in the next thing and mm-hmm. they don't always dot all the i's and cross all the t's of the last thing. You're like no. No, I don't do that. I'm really good at that. I'm like, 
defensiveness, that's All a little right. bit of a sign. And we've got some issues. And so yeah. uh, what I'd recommend, if you do take an assessment, we use DISC, um, and we'll include a, a link in the show notes. We'll, we'll include a couple of links. We're going to um, have a lot of links. Go yes. to the show notes. Um, so you can purchase DISC on our website and, and take that. So certainly we'll include that. But I also led a webinar um, about how to use personality types, and we use DISC as the example, to help improve your relationships yes. and your sales. Guys, that was an awesome webinar. Definitely tune in with because it's a replay. So you, you can, can watch it anytime you want. On demand. It's on demand. <laughs> yes. And so what I tell you when you take an assessment, whatever it was, and you have parts of it or all of it that you disagree with, I want you to share it with two people. Mm-hmm. This is this goes back to getting feedback from others. Share it with somebody you know well in your personal life. It could be your spouse. It could be a sibling, a parent. Again, somebody you interact, a good friend um, that you, you've interacted with, you know them for a while, they see you enough to know you. Um, and ask them, does this do you see this in me? I don't see this in me. I disagree with this. Am I wrong? Right. And then you want to share it with somebody that you interact with a lot in a professional context, whether it's your boss or your mentor, whether it's a peer, um, it could even be a client, right. Or, or just a good work friend, whoever Mm -hmm. it might be. And if both of those people tell you you're correct, that's not right. I give you 100% permission, <laughs> cross that off. You picked a wrong word when you were picking the words, whatever it was, you know, they didn't get you. Yeah. But what will likely happen is people might say, you know, the words in the assessment are pretty strong, but I can see where they got that. Mm-hmm. I see this little bit of your behavior um, where that that is coming through. That's a gift. Yeah. That's a realization. That's a blind spot that you had. Yeah. And that's a huge opportunity to work on it. And again, when it comes to that, it might not be something that is critically important that's hampering your, your success and making um, making your life extremely difficult. But um, sometimes just working on things in the margins can be sure. really helpful. Definitely. I think, you know, my very, very favorite piece from DISC that I always laugh about is on the sheet where it talks about how how I work with others mm-hmm. and kind of like, you know, how, how to work, how to work with Rebecca. And one of my favorite lines on there, it says, be brief, be bright, be gone. And I'm like, <laughs> yes, that is so me. Yeah. Come in here, be brief, be bright, be gone. <laughs> but you know, I, that also goes back to the, the last part of it, the be gone is that I have to be aware of myself that I can be short with people mm-hmm. because I'm always in a hurry because there's always so much going on. I have this tendency to be short. So I need to be aware that while that is my, my ideal way of, of effectively working or communicating, it doesn't always work like that. Sometimes people, you know, want to have a longer conversation There's something going on and I need to get it in my head that I have to adjust and not just be so short. Definitely. And one of the things uh, for me is I like to feel like I have all the information I need to make a decision. Mm -hmm. I'm a very information um, seeking person, but I also like to be able to make a decision quickly once I've got the information. And so if you prevent me from either of those things, right, (laughs) if you don't give me enough information that I feel like I'm making an educated decision, I'm going to be super frustrated. And then if I feel like I've done all the work, I've done all the research, and now you're making me jump through hoops, Mm -hmm. like I, I made my decision like, let me move on. Um, That's really frustrating. And so if you know things about yourself and I, that said it in disc, it's something I've seen in my life. Um, and I actually, uh, Gretchen Rubin has a, um, four different ways that people, um, interact with expectations, which I find fascinating. There are upholders, um, questioners, rebels, and the most common one, which I'm forgetting, forgetting, um, they are people who uh, uphold other people's expectations, but not their own. It's it's not me. <laughs> oh, that sounds like everyone. Um, no, yeah, I'm just kidding. It's most people. Oh, that's sad that I can't hear it. Uh, I can't remember it. Um, one of my favorite podcasts. Uh, but anyway. Um, Happier, right? Is yes. your podcast? Yeah. If you do four types. She wrote a book on it. It's, it's awful that I can't remember this. But anyway, um, and it, it's, I'm a questioner, right? I like to question things. I like to do the research on my own and find information. So when you hear these models, when you hear these things, you can take assessments and figure this out. She's got a quiz on her website um, that you can figure out your type. That tells you about yourself. It tells you something about how you work, um, what works for you, what doesn't work for you. And then you have the ability to, um, to act on that. You have the ability to communicate that to other people. <laughs> um, yeah. you have the ability to figure out when your natural style is going to work and when you're going to have to not do that because it's not going to work well with the person you're talking to. The four tendencies. Yes. Four tendencies. Upholders, questioners, obligers, Obliger. and rebels. I, I am not an obliger. <laughs> 
<laughs> which is probably why I couldn't remember it. It's the most common type. It's people who respond really well to outer expectations, but not inner ones. That's the kind of person who, if you give them a deadline, they'll do something. But at home, they're like, I wish that I could work out, but I never can make the time for it. Are you a questioner or an I upholder? Am a questioner. Okay. Yeah. I respond really well to my inner expectations, but I rebel against outer expectations. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I don't know where I, I'm probably You've just a rebel. It's super fascinating. <laughs> yeah. I see it here. I, I pulled we it We can up. include a link to it in the show notes. I'll throw um, a link to that quiz. Should we throw- Over a million people have taken that quiz. Should we throw in um, Dr. Tasha Yurich's quiz on self-awareness too? Yes. All right. I'm going to throw that in there, guys. We're going to give you all kinds of quizzes on helping to understand yourself better. Seriously, this is the beefiest show notes. Please go to them. Criteriaforsuccess.com slash pod. When I hosted the roundtable episodes. (laughs) Oh, true. Those were some beefy show notes. Anyway. The other quiz I'm going to throw in there, guys, is Dr. Tasha Yurich. She is a organizational psychologist. She did a lot of research on self-awareness. She also has an awesome TED TED talk. Yep. I'll put the TED talk in too. Um, But she has a quiz on self-awareness and get this. Are you guys ready for this? 95% of people believe they are self-aware. They're self-aware. 95% of us think we're self-aware. The actual truth is after her team has done studies on thousands of people, approximately 10 to 15% of people are actually (laughs) self-aware. That's like when you hear that 80% of people think they're better than average at things. It's like, um, (laughs) that's not how average works. Yeah. So you probably are not self-aware about your level of self-awareness. So I don't know what that means, but I guess that means that if you're in, you know, a group of 10, only one of you is actually self-aware. <laughs> Which one is it? And that person might be very frustrated by everybody around them. Exactly. Now, driving self-improvement is your second chapter in the book. Yep. And you focus on determining your ideal environment, leveraging your strengths, and compensating for weaknesses, which is what we've been talking a little bit about. So I want to kind of continue this conversation about leveraging strengths and compensating for weaknesses. And really, I just want to know, why is this so important? Yeah. um, A lot of times we kind of sit on our strengths and we are in denial about our weaknesses or we're kind of aware of them and we just excuse it. You're like, oh yeah, you know, I'm a, I'm a disorganized person, just who I am. Uh, That's not all that effective. So first of all, let's talk strengths. Have you ever seen a professional athlete that just decided they're going to stop practicing? Like, Mm. no. Right? You can be the best in the world at something and you still practice. Yep. Um, And that's because our strengths will fade if we don't, uh, if we don't practice them. We always have the ability to increase the strength. We always have the ability to figure out, um, are there different situations that I could leverage that strength? Could I use that strength to get into a different, you know, to get a promotion um, and, you know, I'm practicing it in my current environment so that I can use it full time moving forward. So there's always an opportunity to figure out what strengths do I have right now that I'm not using effectively or there's potential for growth? And then how can I develop ways to improve them? Yep. You know, maybe I have, um, I have good organizational skills. I'm good at kind of getting things coordinated. Can I volunteer when I'm in working on projects to be the person who coordinates people and coordinates tasks and next steps? Mm-hmm. Um, other people are going to see that. They're going to see the value that you add. Um, you're practicing that. You could even practice it in your personal life, you know, <laughs> within your friend group. I'm going to be the person that organizes to make sure that um, that we can plan activities and, and coordinate everything. Um, I know within my family, there's a there's one or two people, it, kind of each generation, who are the coordinators of family reunions and events. Think in your family, yep. right? There's some people who do that. If you don't have that yep. person in your family, your family doesn't do reunions and events. Mm-hmm. And then there's that one person who has the energy and the skill set to say, we need to get together. I'm going to email 55 people and try to find a date that works for everybody and find a location and figure out food. And that's a skill set. Yes, it and is. And that um, sometimes as people, um, you know, within my family, I've got one aunt that does it and one of my sisters does it. Um, both of them stay at home moms, you know, so they have this skill, this ability, this strength, and they're figuring out a way to practice it in their personal lives. Mm-hmm. It's adding a lot of value to people around them. And I'm sure they're having a lot of fun doing it too. Yeah. Sounds like. And I wouldn't have it. made it out to uh, an excellent reunion a couple years ago in Montana um, if, you know, my sister had not taken it on and coordinated lots now, of Now, is this people. your sister that has five children? Six kids. Six 
children so and she coordinated she's uh yeah clearly <laughs> she coordinated uh seven aunts and uncles and a great uncle uh on a like rv trip around the country and we all went to a tiny little town in montana so that is a <laughs> wow. skill that's awesome that she develops right so that taking your strengths and figuring out how can they contribute to me in a professional environment and how can they that's contribute so in a personal environment and uh really building on those definitely now let's talk weaknesses <laughs> <laughs> so strengths uh one thing that's important about strengths is every strength is a weakness mm. and we like i think in vistage they call it gifts yes and you are either overextending or underextending your gifts or talents yeah, that works too um and you can even say uh the opposite of of a powerful truth is generally also true and so what happens when um let's say you are an excellent um, idea person and you can just come up with ideas and you can always have a powerful vision for things likely what's going to happen with that is you might not be a very good detail person. Yeah. Or maybe not a good executor. Yes. Or not a good executor. We see a lot that people are really good at starting companies. And then once they get to a certain size, they get bored or they're overwhelmed mm -hmm. and you need to bring somebody in who's not a good person to start a company, but they're a really <laughs> good person to take things to the next sure, level. Sure. Um, we see this within, within disc. Um, I'm a big, I love disc. I find it fascinating. And the four categories of disc dominance, influence, steadiness, and compliance actually are on two dimensions. Um, it's it's four dimensions, but so you've got, um, dominance and, um, and uh, steadiness are opposing dominance is how you address problems and challenges. You like to see a problem or a challenge and charge right in steadiness is a desire for stability. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Obviously, if you have high steadiness, you're probably not going to like problems and challenges. Yep. If you love problems and challenges, you don't like steadiness. So those are opposing characteristics. Influence and compliance, same thing. Influence is convincing, uh, charming, uh, being um, being very open to experience. Compliance is detail-oriented, right? So one person is like, I see a vision, I see an idea. And the other person is like, I see all the little weaknesses and the holes <laughs> that might prevent that from happening. Yep. And so we have a strength in one area, and that means we have a weakness in another area. Mm -hmm. And so... Um, First of all, we all have weaknesses, and some weaknesses are a part of who you are. They're not something you're going to be able to resolve. Um, if you were to work on them, you'd be kind of canceling out some of your strengths. And the way you compensate is to leverage other people. Absolutely. Just like that founder yep. who says, I'm going to hire a CEO or a COO who's going to build my company to the next stage. Yep. Or That's why collaboration is so important. Yeah. Within a team. I know you're in a triad within Vistage and you're the person who organizes and coordinates to make yep. sure that you have your triad meetings. Yes. Right? Or else, it, and set the agenda or else it probably wouldn't happen. Yeah. And so part <laughs> of that is your strength and that might be the other people recognize that they have that weakness. Mm -hmm. And so figuring out for, self, for yourself, um, maybe when I work in a project team, I do a really good job of coordinating the people and facilitating the meeting. We always have good meetings, but I hate to send those follow-up emails. And I, <laughs> I forget all the details. Mm -hmm. I don't take very good notes. And I know that I'm not driving a very successful project because while the experience in the room is great, the follow-up isn't happening. Mm -hmm. That's a weakness. Mm -hmm. Can I either improve that in myself mm -hmm. or can I deputize a person? Who's going to be the one who coordinates all that follow-up? Mm -hmm. That doesn't have to be an admin. That's a really important contribution to the project, and that's going to drive success. You know, within sales, are you really good at one aspect of sales and not another? Um, we had a client, this was years ago, and they had little, like, sales team pods, and there'd be one person who was the primary... I don't love the terms hunter and farmer, but one person who was like the outbound person and they'd be out there engaging with a lot of people. And then they had somebody um, that they partnered with who was a little bit more of the follow-up person, the account manager, relationship manager, make sure, you know, everything is coordinated. And each of those people was leveraging the strengths of the other person mm -hmm. to compensate awesome. for their own personal weaknesses. Um, and again, weaknesses, it's a very negative word. I should, I should think of a better way to describe it, but um, it, you can't be good at everything. Nobody's perfect, <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah. And so figuring out just um, what is not a strength for you Definitely. and how can you either develop a strength if it's important or um, figure out somebody else who can partner with you. Definitely. And, you know, understanding too how these gifts and talents cross over or weaknesses, whatever you want to call them, how they cross over into your personal life is important too. You know, Definitely. you want to work on these things at home and at work because you're a human being and you're everywhere, right? <laughs> you're not just, you're you, you don't live everywhere you go. <laughs> you're you everywhere you go. I, I always laugh when I go home to visit Florida because, you know, I know I just, got back. I just got back and I know what to expect when I go. And here's what I expect every time. My dad, not even when I get there, before I get there going, what's your agenda? 
<laughs> and my dad doesn't want to know loosely what I'm going to do while I'm there. He wants to know minute by minute, hour by hour, <laughs> moment by moment, 2 p.m. <laughs> where will I be? Who am I seeing? You know, he he like double checks my work to make sure that I'm I'm visiting every family member and spending the adequate, sufficient, appropriate number of time <laughs> like and hours. Social coordinator. He is hilarious, and he cracks me up because I'm like, Dad, I'm on vacation. I just want to relax. I schedule every moment of my life at work. I just I don't want to do that. See, but it's impossible. I am the person. <laughs> so there was a time I had vacation scheduled in Paris after I was uh, visiting a client in the UK. I'm not kidding. I showed up in Paris. The only thing I had was a hotel. I had <laughs> no great. plans for what I was going to do. That sounds wonderful. It was a me. little stressful, but I find myself, like you said, I'm super organized and on top of stuff. I try at work and then it comes to my own vacations and like personal stuff. And I'm like, I'm done. I'm exhausted. <laughs> somebody guide yep. me. So maybe having somebody like your dad would be helpful. <laughs> you know, the problem is though, and this is what I've discovered with personalities that like to really hyper over plan, even for personal things is that sometimes it takes the fun out of the vacation or it takes the fun out of the event. I know that's um, knowing yourself and knowing how you like, because there are some people who would not have fun if they didn't have that. Yes. Some people wouldn't. My husband always tells this story about when he was a kid and they went on vacation with another family and the mom from the other family is like super duper organizational, crazy. And she planned every single day of their vacation for a week. They were going to like Disney world or something like that from the minute. And she would wake them up at like eight o'clock in the morning, we have to get, or seven o'clock in the morning. We have to go now. We're, we're going to be behind schedule. We're not going to get to do these things. And he said it was like being in the military <laughs> and it was not a fun vacation. And him and his friend just wanted to get away from the mom so that they could, you know, just be free and not be under this. So it's, it's really interesting that, you know, I'm sure for her, she loved it. She was like, that made her happy. Yeah. But for the people around her, she was making them kind of miserable. So, and that's again self awareness, figuring out you know um, what works for me, but also what works for the people around me, and then compromise mm-hmm. and figuring Definitely. out how to how to best work together. Absolutely. All right, now let's get to your last chapter. It's all about how improved self awareness can help us to foster better relationships with those around us. So, could you give an example of why this is so critical and how a lack of self awareness can really hurt us, especially when it comes to relationships, whether that's at work or at home. I think we were just kind of touching on that, right? Um, A lot of times we just behave kind of instinctively. We just kind of do what feels natural. And I'm not saying that that's always a bad thing, but if we don't have some self-awareness, if we're not reflecting a little and getting some feedback, we might be damaging relationships. Mm -hmm. We might be really irritating other people. (laughs) We might be um, not achieving the success that we could. You know, maybe you don't get promoted. Um, you don't get raises. You don't get involved in in good projects at work. And it's because your behavior is hampering you and you don't even know. You don't mm-hmm. recognize it. Yep. Alternately, um, you know, in your personal life, you might be damaging relationships with people around you. Um, maybe you've got, you know, challenges in your in your marriage, in your relationship with a, with a partner or a spouse. Um, maybe you've got, you know, challenges in your relationships with your friends. Mm-hmm. And not knowing yourself, not understanding how you are perceived by them is a big part of it. Um, Certainly there's other things that cause problems in relationships. Self-awareness isn't all of it, but it's really important because if you think I'm doing everything that I can to be a part of this relationship and that's not what they see. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you, you feel really frustrated and confused. You know, Definitely. why doesn't this work? Yeah. I thought that I was being a good friend. I thought I was being a good spouse, a good partner, yeah. um, a good employee. And you don't have the self-awareness to recognize the damage that you're doing. Definitely. And so, um, self-awareness really helps foster better relationships. If you have strong self-awareness, you can be your authentic self. You can open up to people mm-hmm. that gives you a sense of just com- like that quiet confidence of, you know, we all know people who are like that of just, they're themselves. And they don't try too hard. They don't seem like they're putting on a show. Um, And that's a really pleasant person to be around. You're not confused. You're not thinking they're going to be a completely different person every time I meet with them. Mm -hmm. Um, I know who they are. I know what they bring. Um, That's a really valuable employee. (laughs) It's a really valuable team member or or, um, or partner. And it's really easy to to try to kind of figure out why people are doing things, why people are acting. Um, The more self-aware you are, the more you've developed a sense of emotional intelligence, of empathy, um, 
of a productive way of looking at human behavior. Mm -hmm. You know, if you're looking at yourself a little more objectively and you're not caught up in that negative spiral, that head trash, um, if you're focused on getting feedback, if you start to understand different behavioral models, whether it's through assessments, different kinds, you get a better sense of people, right? Definitely. Uh, that's emotional awareness. That alone is going to help you better relate to other people because you see stuff in yourself and then you can see it in other people. And then you can have a sense of empathy. You can even maybe provide them some feedback. You know, I'm noticing that you're doing things. I used to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, not from a condescending place, but from a place of, of contribution to say, um, I'm not sure if you realize that when you do this, this is how it comes off. Um, and I, I, I want to let you know, um, I do that sometimes myself. And I've discovered that if I do this instead, you know, if I act in this way, if I communicate that, I found that it's more effective. That's a huge contribution to make to somebody Definitely. else. And that's a better relationship that you develop. It is. Carefrontation. Definitely. <laughs> and then you can also, um, if you have that strong sense of self-awareness and you know your weaknesses and you can open up about them and say to somebody, um, you know, just to let you know, I might be bad at this <laughs> um, or yeah. I might struggle yes. with this. Can you help me? And even just to say, you know, this is hard for me to say, I don't, I don't know how, if, especially if you're the one that's giving feedback to someone else, mm-hmm. like, you know, this is a hard conversation. I, I'm, I don't even know if I'm going to say things right. Just admit it up front, be honest and be transparent. Definitely. And just think of the, the better way that we relate to people. If we're all kind of putting up a front and, um, and trying to be somebody that we're not, nobody's interacting, um, authentically. Mm-hmm. And that's a really disempowered way to um, to try to have conversations and try to build relationship. Absolutely. So self-awareness. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So we've got our, our beautiful last question here. We talk quite a bit about sales playbooks here we at do. CFS. It's what we do. And we're always looking for useful tips that our listeners can add to their sales playbooks. So Elizabeth, what is one actionable tip that our listeners might consider adding to their play playbooks related to this topic? Definitely. So I really actually struggled with this question. We always include this question and I knew it was coming. <laughs> uh, I was writing my ebook and I was like, what am I going to say? Um, and so something that we include in our client playbooks and something I would recommend that you put in your playbook is everybody has an area for themselves. Um, we call it a personal goals page. Mm-hmm. Um, but whatever it is, you have an area for yourself. And ideally that area is visible by your manager or your coach where, um, what we use it for is you would post your prospecting action plans and we can include a link in the show notes of what that is. Um, and you can include your weekly goals on that page and you're writing them down. And that's a powerful behavior. Just writing plans and goals down, sharing it with your manager. That's, that's a good thing. So yes, that's the page where you're doing this, but okay. self-awareness, well, how you, how you bring that in. Um, it's really important to have, um, two things. First of all, beginning of day and end of day processes. And we've talked about this in previous episodes. Um, but I would recommend that you implement an end of day po- uh, process around self-reflection, mm-hmm. reflecting back on the day, good idea. looking for things to be grateful for, maybe um, people who've contributed that you want to um, thank them, but also look back at the end of every day, what worked and what didn't work. Again, yep. not getting into that spiral of blame and shame and guilt, but um, what went well. Mm -hmm. How did I do that? You know, Mm -hmm. how, what made that go well? And then what didn't go well? And how could I make sure it goes better the next time? So implementing that end of day process. Absolutely. That's a great one. You know, um, our chair, Mark Taylor in Vistage, he has three questions that we practice for a couple of months. Every single day we had to do at the end of the day, which was the first two that you had, what went well today? Second Mm -hmm. was what didn't go well today. And the third was, what did I learn and how will I be smarter tomorrow? Love that. That's, that's self-reflection right there, right? So implementing that. um, And then finally, if you are developing any plans, setting any goals, uh, put in your plans for work, your plans related to Mm -hmm. self-improvement, your plans related to improving your strengths, um, your plans related to compensating for your weaknesses it should go in that same plan. A lot of times we think, oh, I need to have a plan for my selling activity. I need to have a plan for my operational growth. I need to have my plan for, you know, managing my team. And you put all this stuff in there, you know, I've got to make sure I do performance evaluations with these people. I've got to get this budget finalized and I need to make sure we close this amount of business. Um, and in there you could put, and I need to develop this leadership skill mm-hmm. and I need to get feedback on this. I need to improve my, you know, um, conduct a 360 by the end of the quarter and get good feedback in this specific area that I've struggled with recently. Definitely. Um, putting those in your plans and your goals um, really helps. So two things that I was able to come up with <laughs> that you could put in your playbook. I love it. I'm going to throw a third one out there too, which is, I'll allow it. I th- <laughs> thank you. <laughs> I think that 
it works out much better when there are multiple people working on something at the same time. You know, when people are working in groups and collaborating, you have a tendency for things to get done that a little bit better and more effectively. Yep. So I'm going to really push this idea of collaboration. If you are a CEO, I think you wrote an ebook about that. I did. I wrote an ebook about collaboration. I'll put it in the show notes. <laughs> um, but if you're a manager or if you're a CEO, you're leading a team. The best thing that you can do is introduce this concept to your team mm-hmm. and really use it as a leverage point of communication for everyone to work on together. So here's what I would recommend as your third thing to put in your playbook in the forum section of your playbook, add a discussion. If you have a forum section, add a discussion about self-awareness. And I would absolutely recommend some of these books and authors and TED Talks that we've talked about. Mm-hmm. So perhaps post Dr. Tasha Yurich's po- uh, not podcast, TED Talk on self-awareness, mm-hmm. her one simple fix, and some of these other resources. Link all these resources that are in the show notes from today and just start a discussion. Absolutely. And bring it up you know, in your Monday morning meeting that you're going to be introducing this. And perhaps you might want to try add this out you know, with people in the groups that they're going to be working or focusing on self-awareness and development. Or maybe it's something that you have a separate meeting where for 30 minutes, you guys are talking about this and you're having a real discussion. But the most important part is just foster that communication. If everyone in the organization is working on it, it's going to become a lot easier. If you're the only one working on it, it'll kind of make it a little bit harder and you know people might get offended because they don't understand where you're coming from. So that would be my recommendation. Definitely <laughs> take that. Um, seconded strongly from me. Yay. Oh, good. I'm approved. All right. Elizabeth, thank you so, so much. This has been great. This topic, again, is such an important and critical topic, and I'm glad that we got to talk about it today. I'd like to encourage our listeners to download a copy. The ebook is free and can be found in the show notes. Again, that's criteriaforsuccess.com slash pod 133. And just as a reminder, we have a listener survey. So I'll actually pop in the link for that right after I stop this statement. Are you loving Let's Talk Sales? Is there something specific that you'd like to hear on the show? Or maybe there's something that you think we should change about the show. Whatever the case, we want to know what you want to hear because this show is about you and we want to make sure that we are providing value to you. So we're inviting you to participate in our podcast survey. The survey includes questions about the show and your interests. And if you complete the survey, you'll be entered to win a $50 Amazon gift card. But don't worry, we won't connect your email address with your answers. Honesty is the best policy. To take the survey, please visit criteriaforsuccess.com slash podcast survey. Thank you for sharing your feedback and good luck. And as a reminder, don't forget to sign up for our sales and marketing alignment masterclass coming up in a few weeks. So Elizabeth, thank you so much for being on the show today. Thank you for having me. <laughs> Again, grab those, go to those show notes. I've said it a thousand times now criteriaforsuccess.com slash pod 133. And be sure to tune in next week. We have a great interview coming up. And of course, tune in on Friday for an inspirational quote. And all month we're writing about self-awareness on the CFS blog. So check that out at criteriaforsuccess.com slash blog. And if you are enjoying the show, we would greatly appreciate it if you would throw us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to shows. Let's Talk Sales is a production of Criteria for Success and is produced by myself here, Rebecca Toomey, Ariana Miskell, and Elizabeth Frederick. Happy selling. Thank you.